0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, October 3rd. Good morning. I'm Chap Galley. Here's today's headlines. Senate panel approves Sinski and McKinney. Purdue gets earful on regulatory reform. And Mexico's cotton imports seen dipping. The nominations of Stephen Sinski to be the next USDA Deputy Secretary and Ted McKinney to be Undersecretary of Agriculture for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs. Were approved easily in a voice vote by the Senate Agriculture Committee last night. The nomination of Sensky, who is the CEO of the American Soybean Association, and McKinney, Indiana State Agriculture Director... ...must now clear a vote by the full Senate before they can officially join Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue at USDA headquarters. With today's vote, the Senate Agriculture Committee continues to do our part to vet and swiftly advance USDA nominees... That the word of committee chair Pat Roberts and the ranking Democrat Debbie Stabenow. We will continue to work together to get Secretary Purdue a qualified, functioning team at USDA. Our farmers and ranchers are counting on us. still unclear when Sinsky and McKinney will get a full Senate vote, but Roberts said he will be pushing to make that happen as soon as possible. I hope fairly quickly, he said, when asked about a time frame, these are good people, so I'm going straight from here to Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to indicate we have done this. Purdue gets earful on regulatory reform. USDA Chief Sonny Purdue sat down with representatives of the ag sector yesterday talking about ways the government could help cut bureaucratic red tape, and he got plenty of suggestions during the hour long session. One of those suggestions came from Patrick Atagi, vice president with the National Wooden Pallet and Container Association. He asked Purdue for help in heading off a regulatory effort by the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency to increase fines on pallet makers when pests are found in them or they haven't been treated to prevent infestation. CBP issues fines on pallet makers after five instances of contamination are detected, but the new guidance would force the companies to pay fines that range between $25,000 and $500,000 for every contamination beginning November 1st. CBP works in conjunction with USDA pallet regulations because they're used to help transport hundreds of billions of dollars of ag products around the world every year. Purdue acknowledged Tagi's concern and said, this is why we're here. But pests in pallets can be devastating. In defense of the increased fines, the CBP says they're necessary to keep the pallet industry in line and prevent the unintentional importation of bugs that can chew up forests and crops. When exotic timber pests go unchecked, they can cause widespread tree mortality with detrimental ecological impacts, the agency said. Additionally, there may be economic impact for the lumber, fruit and nut industries, as well as the loss of horticultural trees. Point in case the cpb issued an announcement yesterday the same day as Purdue's conference on cutting back regulations that detail the discovery of live snout beetle larvae and wooden packaging materials the beetles are wood boring pests and they came in shipments from brazil and russia mexico's cotton imports seem dipping nearly all of the cotton mexico imports comes from the fields of texas alabama georgia and other U.S. states. So when Mexico buys less, it's U.S. farmers that feel most of the loss. And sales to our southern NAFTA neighbor will be dipping in the coming months, thanks to bumper Mexican crops, according to USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service and a new analysis. Mexico is now forecast to produce 1.11 billion 480 pound bales of cotton for the 17-18 marketing year, up from just 765,000 bales for the sixteen seventeen crop. That according to the FAS report. And that means the country will be importing less. The new prediction for Mexican imports is 925,000 bales, a drop from 1.02 million. One aspect of U.S.-Mexican trade not likely to be affected is Mexico's textile exports to the U.S. About 60% of the denim produced in Mexico is shipped to the US. The rest is either consumed domestically or shipped to Latin American countries. Despite high competition from China, Mexico's proximity to the United States has always been important for the export of denim to the US market, the FAS says in the report. FDA, USDA need to tighten seafood safety according to the GAO. The Government Accountability Office is making a series of recommendations to FDA and USDA to protect against imports of seafood tainted by pathogens or drug residues. GAO, the investigative arm of Congress, says FDA should negotiate agreements with exporting countries to get them to test seafood before it is shipped to the United States. USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service, which is responsible for regulating catfish safety, is urged to audit a sample selection of catfish farms to see how they are being managed. The GAO report recommends both agencies work together on preventing imports of farm-raised seafood with unsafe drug residues. GAO says FDA and FSIS should develop common testing methods and corresponding residue levels. Ninety percent of the seafood that Americans eat is imported, and half of that is raised on fish farms, according to the GAO. House Farm Labor Bill gets support. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Bob Goodlett's bill, known commonly as the Ag Act to overhaul the H-2A Farm Worker Visa Program, got strong support yesterday from the United Fresh Produce Association, the American Farm Bureau Federation, and the National Milk Producers Federation. Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall said the Ag Act's proposed guest worker visa program would bring much-needed improvements to the current system while addressing the needs of our current workforce and providing a streamlined visa process for skilled agricultural workers in the future. United Fresh, which expects the bill to get marked up this week, says legislation is sorely needed. We encourage members of the Judiciary Committee to move legislation out of committee so we can begin to make progress on addressing this critical issue, the Farm Group said at a statement. We intend to work with Chairman Goodlatte and other congressional leaders to eventually pass legislation of the House, introduce and pass legislation of the Senate, and finally find a permanent solution in conference that the President will sign. Here's today's She Said It. The whole idea of a chief scientist is you have someone with a commitment to science, and I don't think this gentleman meets that criterion. That was Senator Debbie Stabenow talking to AgriPulse about her opinion on Sam Clovis, who has been nominated to be USDA Undersecretary for Research, Education, and Economics. Purdue has stressed his support for Clovis, a former professor and conservative talk show host, but opposition is stiff on Capitol Hill. We're seeing a number of excellent nominees coming through. You're seeing today that we're willing to move quickly on a bipartisan basis, Stabenow said Monday. I think we have a lot of good nominees, but this is just not a gentleman who I believe is appropriate for this position. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, October 3rd. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkins, and Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.